Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We're the Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being here. It's Tuesday, October 14, 10, 14, 14. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California, where it is finally fall, Julie. The temperature is not supposed to be above 90 degrees today, and that makes me so happy. I agree, Leanne. It's beautiful here in Dallas as well. Yeah, we had a cold front come through, and indeed, it's not 90 degrees here, Leanne. Oh, gosh. Fall is in the air, Leanne. Finally, finally. It's been wicked hot here for no reason. All right, we have a full show. It's a Tuesday show, but we're actually going to do a little news because we had, Julie, I know you listened to the show this weekend. We had a news-free free show this weekend with the JV team. So if you have not had time to listen to the the JV team's <laughs> Sunday show, but just just take take a moment. Just step away from your work, your family. Take take 50 minutes and just go somewhere somewhere light, Leon, because you JVs, you you really pulled it out. You know, you can imagine at the beginning of the show we're like, "Oh, we really don't have anything. We got nothing." You had nothing, but, yeah. it, was, but it made That's me true. Yes. for the whole time, Liam. Um, all right. Well, today we got something. We're going to have an update on Ebola. Uh, Julie, of course, many requests for her take on where is Kim Jong-un. She's got some thoughts on that. I just watched a remarkable interview with the woman that was wrongly incarcerated for 17 years for killing some guy. Oh, my gosh, Julie. Unbelievable. That's my worst fear, to be wrongly imprisoned. Um you know, we're just going to go for it. We're going to jump in to the Martha Gwyneth feud, best ever. And uh, and then we have some Tuesday trends we're going to talk about today. But first of all, the reason Julie was not on the show this weekend is because she was driving cross-country, doing a little cross-country road tour. How was it, Jewel? Leanne, I had a wonderful time on my Heartline, Heartland tour. That's what I'm calling it, Fall Heartland tour. Colorado, Nebraska, Iowa. Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, which we really didn't mean to go to, but we needed some gas, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and bring it on home, New York City. Can you believe this? We were driving a car cross country. My husband and I were driving. This is uh, my father-in-law no longer drives. He had he had a used he has a used car. It's very serviceable. Uh, it's slightly dented. It's small, so it seemed perfect for my son and daughter-in-law who live in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, you don't want you don't want a flashy car no. in the city. No, no, you're just that will especially because I don't think the two of those people can drive very well no no they can't okay they've lived in new york city for a long time they're very shaky behind the wheel okay (laughs) i love them very much but uh you know that this is a good car for them so so we just we undertook this trip but leon i have to tell you first of all to drive in october is a great month because you know it's beautiful and you know i you know you just until you get out on that open road, you just don't have any idea how pretty the state of Nebraska is right. or Iowa. Yeah. Gorgeous. All the farms. Oh, my gosh. Indiana. I loved it there. Indiana is okay. beautiful. Oh, Indiana is beautiful. Oh, yes. So, but the thing was, we were kind of on a deadline because we had to get the car there in a certain amount of time in order to have time to spend with our new granddaughter, Josephine, um, and also get back to Dallas. So 
we just blew by, even though Jenny on our Facebook page had told me to go visit the Herbert Hoover Presidential Library in West Branch, Iowa. We just blew by it. I'm sorry. I saw it and I so wanted to stop. Same with Ronald Reagan's birthplace in Tampico, uh, Illinois. Just couldn't stop there. Notre Dame, Purdue, Penn State, Leon, they're all right off I-80. And we really wanted to visit those, okay? But we just, we had no time. Okay? Really? Not it's, even a quick drive through Notre Dame? It's so beautiful. I, uh, Leon, Leon, we were just pressing yeah. on. But yeah. the one that broke my heart, Leon, is the RVMH Hall of Fame. That's oh. right, Leon. <laughs> RV Mobile Home Hall of Fame in Elk, Elkhart, Indiana. Huh. And do you realize it's ranked second? Um, among the 12 attractions of Elkhart, which just surprised me. I was like, well, what is number one? They have- I, actually, I'm surprised there are 12 attractions in Elkhart. <laughs> Uh, okay, see, Leon, that is sort of a, that's a West Coast sort of a snob thing. There's a lot going on in the heartland, Leon, because if we had stopped, we would have gone to Linton's Enchanted Garden. It's mm. 50,000 square feet of indoor shopping, plus nine acres of outdoor displays. Doesn't that sound good on a road trip to stop <laughs> at a place like that? Outdoor displays? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So we just, again, just blew by, blew by. It is true. When you're in road trip mode, you, it's not a leisurely sightseeing trip. Having done this, you're, you're trying to get your six to 700 miles a day. I know. You just got to do what you got to do. Yeah. We had 10 to 11 hours a day, Leon. We were just, and we were trying not to get, you know, no speeding tickets. We did not want to damage the car again, because it's not our car. Right. Mm -hmm. So we were on a mission there. So um, there's a lot to see in the heartland, uh, but I, I, it was completely enjoyable, Lane. We had such nice weather, beautiful scenery, uh, really, really fun. So a fun trip, managed to get the car there. The last hour was bare knuckles as you come into, uh, from New Jersey into New York. I mean, we ran into detours, water main breaks, you know, we ended up taking wrong tunnels, wrong bridges, but we got the car to Brooklyn and we've turned it over to that little family. They seem very happy with it. Good. So, you know, so that's that- the funny thing. Even though we grew up right outside of New York, we never drove into New York. Like driving well, in New York City is still the most foreign thing in the world to me. Even though I drive every day in LA, seven lanes of traffic, millions of people, I don't think twice about it. But driving in New York City, who you got to be crazy crazy to do that. Yeah, we took one wrong turn in New Jersey. I thought, okay, this is like the like the Sopranos. We are we are not going to make it out. We're going to end up in a landfill. I don't know where we were, Liam. I so, think you were in landfill New Jersey. I think that's where you were. Uh, how's the baby, Joel? How how's Josephine? Oh, Josephine is she is thriving. She is magnificent and um it was we had a wonderful weekend with her. She hates her car seat. Oh, okay. good. But, good for her. So you did know, my but son. I told yeah. her it's the law. Okay. That's what you have to tell newborn babies <laughs> when they scream in their car seat. It's the law. That's it. You just got to buckle them up and, uh, and go with it. Oh uh, yeah. Sure. yeah. They don't, they don't like car seats. So right. 
Brooks but, cried every day for six months. It was terrifying to put him in the car. And you told me the same thing. Like, he's safe. Nothing's hurting him. You told me that, Julie. Yes. And the one time, that's what I was saying to myself. He's safe. Nothing's hurting him. He was screaming bloody murder, and he's faced the wrong way in the back seat. You know, you can't yeah. see him when you're the driver. And when I got to the grocery store, I realized that was not true because the mobile I had bought to stimulate <laughs> him had fallen and was pretty much crushing his windpipe. So <laughs> did actually nearly kill him in the car. Okay. okay. <laughs> Good work, new mom. Good work. <laughs> I still remember it, and it was 18 years ago. Uh, but the question is, does he remember it? No. But... Okay, there you go. You're free and clear. <laughs> so, all right. Well, speaking of that, just uh, I, I saw an article in Travel and Leisure magazine about America's snobbiest cities. So oh. uh, it made me think of you because you're driving through the heartland. There are very few heartland cities. Elkhart, not on the list, Julie. And for, I don't even think of America, we have very many snobby cities compared to the rest of the world. But um, so take a guess, number one. One snobbiest city in America, San Francisco. I know, right? It yes. totally should be San Francisco. It because is not. It, it's not it San isn't? Francisco. No, oh, it's me- every you meet people in San Francisco, and they just let you know that this is the coolest place on earth, and you're lucky to live uh, to be there. Yeah. yeah, it is. And if you're not from there, but you're living there now, you'll never be from there. You know, right. no. Right. It, it New York City ranked as the snobbiest city. So uh, you know, I would put New York in the top five, maybe. But how about? Uh, Name another snobby city. Another snobby city. Um, uh, Maybe Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. Exactly, Julie. That is number four. But ahead of Washington, D.C. is Miami, Florida. Oh. I mean, I don't think of any city in Miami, in Florida, as being snobby because there are too many people not from there. You know, there's not generate. No. New York, number one. Miami, number two. Then L.A., which is not a snobby city. It's not snobbier than San Francisco. No, San Francisco should definitely be ahead of L.A. And And Miami, I don't understand that because everyone's in their bikinis. How can you be snobby in a bikini? I I don't don't understand either. Okay, number four is Washington, D.C. Okay. And and you would expect Boston to be up there. Again, an old city who thinks they're better than anyone, everyone else, and uh, because they have so many universities and stuff. Boston's number five. Okay, the number six was the real head scratcher. Scratcher, because if you just had to list 40 cities in America, you wouldn't even put this on your list. Number six, Tampa, Florida. Okay, now you sound like an LA snob when you're, when you're I mean, saying come this. Come on. Again. Tampa, no. Okay, this must have been done by somebody who lives in Tampa, Florida. I don't, or, I don't or understand who has that. Who, who, maybe she had a boyfriend in Tampa, Florida who dumped her. Because no, no. I don't, I, mean, I don't even understand it. Number seven is Dallas. And, and for snobby cities? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe. But we're very friendly in Texas. So that uh, that's um, – that's, that's, I'm not certain about that, land. And okay. San Francisco doesn't show up till number eight. So okay, that – and then get number nine. I, I can't think of a least snobby city. Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, no. That's yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this whole list. And then number 10 – yeah, is Providence, Rhode Island. What is that? What is, what is this list? Who made this list? I don't. It's travel and leisure, okay, but there's no. nothing. And the whole, I mean, Las Vegas. I don't know. Uh, it's a whole very suspicious list. Las of snobby Vegas cities. is snobby. Have you not? Have you walked around in Las Vegas? I know. 
Well, they make the point. They make the point that real people from Las Vegas, the six of them, uh, don't ever go to the strip. (laughs) So anyway, there you go. There's just number 20 is Orlando. I mean, I don't know. Somebody, Florida is not snobby at all. Maybe Palm Beach, but that's about it. All right. That's, I just, but no, uh, very few cities in the Midwest. One, Chicago makes like way down in the late teens, but uh, there you have it. Midwest is very high on my list now. I had a very enjoyable time. It it was great, great to be there. Hey, Leanne, you know, Dallas, unfortunately, is still in the news with the really sad, sad news that came out about about the nurse that contracted Ebola. Yeah. I mean, she just, you know, the story of her, Nina Pham, she, you know, she's a girl from Fort Worth, you know, a Vietnamese family, you know, she went to TCU and then she's been working at at Presbyterian Hospital and she just completed some special critical care certifications so that she could work with critically, you know, ill patients. And she helped, she was part of the 70 member team that took care of, of Mr. Duncan, um, the first Ebola patient. But I mean, is, it's just terrible, isn't it? It is. You feel awful for her and for her family and, you know, for all the healthcare workers, because this has to just scare the pants off them, you know? I know because, I mean, when you think back, just like even three weeks ago, you know, the, you know, Ebola was never even coming to America. That was like some remote chance. And then when, you know, when they started to bring the doctors back from Samaritan Purse, um, and that was like, well, we have the protocols, you know, we are not a third world country, you know, this, we're going to be able to care for these patients. This is not Africa. We're not a primitive area. And well, and then we had, you know, um, Mr. Duncan walk into an emergency room. And I know, I know the Texas hospital has really been criticized, but I mean, I think that could have happened anywhere in the country. You know, anywhere in the country, you have an emergency room that is serving a large immigrant population that, you know, that the fact that, you know, there's a large African population that lives very close to that hospital. So I'm sure he wasn't the first African with the fever to come into the emergency right. there, you know. But then again, the hospital was like, oh, well, don't worry. You know, we are totally capable of taking care of this pa- patient. We have a plan. We're, we're well prepared. And then you have Nina Pham get so sick. And, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, and so... This morning on the local news, they were talking about this Sunday um, is the end of the sort of incubation period for the first 50 people that were, you know, uh, that had contact with um, with Mr. Duncan, who died. Mm -hmm. But now we have 70 new people that um, that were helping take care of Mr. Duncan and had contact with Nina that are now going to be watched for the next uh, three weeks. So, you know, it's just, and her poor dog, did you see that, Leanne? I know. She has this sweet little cavalier King Charles named Bentley, but, uh, and I guess they're they're trying to, you know, keep that dog isolated. They don't want to put the dog down. Um, And uh, the good news is Nina has a, like a, it looks like a large group of, you know, family and friends, and they're providing a lot of support to her. They've set up a Facebook page, but you know what? Uh, I mean, it's just, 
it, you know, it's just really serious. And it's clear we don't have, you know, we don't have this under control, no matter what they're saying at the CDC, you know. So. Right. Well, it's got to just send shockwaves through any healthcare worker. You know, you would just be terrified, slightly more terrified now. And I know they put themselves in harm's way every single day. Healthcare workers expose themselves to all sorts of things. Yeah. But this just seems so new and so scary. But how about that doctor that flew in, the guy who had the Ebola and then was, yes. oh, why well, is he a stud or what? I mean, yes, yes. No, he's, he is a he's stud. Not- He's from, you mean the one that donated his blood? Yeah, the one that donated his blood, for goodness sakes. So that's good. So he's from Fort Worth and he donated his blood to Nina. And they're hoping that, you know, that there are antibodies in the blood that will, that will make a difference. Yeah. I'm just trying to find his name in the news for some reason I can't, but um, yeah. Brantley. His name is Brantley. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, but uh, you know, I just, there's still, I just, I have so many like lingering questions, you know, and I, and I, and it's clear they don't know how, what the break in protocol is, or they're certainly not telling us. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm just, what about that NBC cameraman? How did he get Ebola? They haven't really said anything about him. And did you see what happened? That Nancy Snyderman, who works, who is the chief medical correspondent for NBC, who was supposed to be in quarantine, and she's out picking up her takeout dinner order. See, that's not good either, Leon. I mean, (laughs) it's just... You know, and I and I know she released some statement where she said she's a health professional and she knew she wasn't contagious. Well, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, I think this is how this is why people get so upset and get so panicked about things is because you have these sort of breaches and you, you know, you have all this unexplained things happening and no one seems to really, you know, it's no one seems we do not seem to be on top of it. So. Well, I hope I wouldn't go to that emergency room. That's for sure. Right now, that's you wouldn't, Julie. Well, no, they're not, well yeah. they've shut that down. They are not taking. Oh, okay. I didn't that know that. Is, that's yeah. They just announced that they are okay. not taking any patients into that emergency room. Okay. And this is a major hospital. Yeah. Okay. This is, and it serves you know it serves the North Dallas area. So um, you know that's that's a big deal that they have shut down their emergency room. So. Uh, yeah, no, it's very, very seriously. And yeah. so well, best I, wish I, had, I know I wish I had good news coming out right. of Dallas. And, you know, hopefully we will, you know, just that, you know, hopefully Nina will be able to recover from this and yeah. others are not going to be affected by it. So I don't know. So, hey, Leon, we have to move on to Kim Jong-un from North Korea. You know, the missing dictator <laughs> yeah. leader. He was, been, he was out of the public view for 40 days. Yeah. And people really started to question, like, where is this guy? What has happened? You know, what, did something happen to him? Was he sick? Did Too he much doubt? cheese. Yeah. Yes. Uh, who... <laughs> well, that was, I saw an entire hour on CNN basically about his cheese-heavy diet. And, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me, yeah. Well, cause he did spend time in Switzerland. So he's, he's a lover of cheese, like some of the satellite sisters. Town of Gruyere, Monica, perhaps. Monica, Monica enjoys it as well. <laughs> but you know, here, as, as you know, Leanne, I actually went to North Korea. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, again, I'm not an expert. I, I just, one of the big, th- my big takeaways from North Korea is that 
everything I saw was fake there. I told you, I right. felt like I was in some, like in the movie, the Truman show, mm-hmm. everything that was, you know, that as a tourist that we witnessed was for, uh, was set up for our benefit. We went to see their modern subway system that I'm convinced went nowhere and had fake passengers on it. I mean, that was, we saw one station, you know, everyone, they don't have cars in this, in North Korea, everyone walks and they took away all, you know, everyone's bicycles because they felt it gave, gave them too much freedom. Okay. So, so the idea that now Kim Jong-un has, he showed up and he was touring some new scientific compound with a cane. You, you just cannot believe no. what you're seeing. Okay. Yeah, so that's, that's a total, a total fake. It didn't fake me out. I mean, I, I knew Julie, I knew it was a fake. Okay, so total fake. So I do believe there probably has been some kind of coup, either led by his sister or one of those other older corrupt military guys. You oh, always, I didn't know he had a sister. Yeah, apparently he has some sister that, and she had some. She has some power base. So he was seen limping. I'm sure that they probably broke his ankles to force him into submission, uh, and that he will be some figurehead that they'll use. Because the other thing you realize when you visit. North Korea is the mythology of this family. It's you go there and it was the grandfather, Kim Il's son. He is the one that is, you know, that they have, you know, he's like a god there. Everything, you know, he was the great leader. He was the one during after World War II that helped to create the, you know, the pure, you know, Korea. That's North Korea. Kim Jong-il, who we all made fun of, he just, he lived his whole life on the coattails of his, of his father. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, you know, some of those old cronies, I'm sure that they had like a, now the third generation, this loser, Kim Jong-un, you know, that they're not going to let him run the country. They're not going to put him in charge of the nuclear weapons program they have that it's so so, but they do need him to just, you know, in order to control the population, because the population, which is, you know, underfed and undereducated, is control is controlled by by propaganda. So they have this they have this propaganda machine. You know, they have big loudspeakers that come on in the morning when you're in Pyongyang, and you know, you hear the music, you hear, you know, the glorious workers, you hear all these speeches. But they have to preserve that mythology. But they had to take him down. So I think they like broke his ankles, tortured him. So he's just he is just a prop now. So do you think Dennis Rodman had anything to do with this? Is he involved at all? (laughs) No, he's he's part of the prop, too. Yeah, that was probably that was probably the bridge too far. You know, like when when uh, Kim Jong-un started hanging out with Dennis Rodman, some of those old corrupt military guys was like, "Okay, that's it. it. I'm not I'm not putting up with 30 years of Dennis Rodman. And so had to take him down. (laughs) So, yes. So think the worst possible things. That's what's really going on in this country. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's cheery. So cheery. Cheery news report. Well, I have one uplifting story from the headlines. Uh, last Friday in a Los Angeles court, a woman named Susan Mellon, Julie, she was released from prison after being incarcerated for 17 years for a murder she did not commit. And Julie, she so did not commit this murder. When you hear the details of how she got convicted, you just can't even believe it. 
but she had three children, like seven, nine, and 13. She had dated a guy for a short time that then became a transient, and he was beaten to death, as it turned out, by three gang members, okay? But the police had a corrupt informant that said it was this woman, Susan Mellon, she had a terrible public defender attorney. He had already been cited for doing a bad job for his patients. He had recently had a stroke. He was on heavy medication and slept through most of the trial. That's the true story. True story. He was like 70 years old. Uh, the police just refused to look at other witnesses. Uh, they knew that this police informant was a pathological liar. And the next thing this mother of three knows, she's in jail for life. And she believes that she is innocent. She was unable to see her kids for the first seven years that she was in jail. I know. It's just, this is my worst nightmare. I I know it's crazy. It's it's kind of like, obviously, I'm not probably not going to get Ebola, and I'm probably not going to get locked up for a crime I didn't commit. But when I think about being locked up for a crime I didn't commit, I go, it makes me nuts. And... Um, it was a, it was a lawyer from something called, uh, the innocence matters, not the innocence project, innocence matters, a lawyer named Deirdre O'Connor that came across her case. She was sort of researching something else. And she started to add this up and go, this doesn't make any sense. This woman, this woman's, you know, the witness was a liar. She had a terrible attorney. The prosecutors were overzealous. They just wanted to get a conviction. And sure enough, they overturned her case. And I mention it because Katie Couric is now, you know, the news director over at Yahoo. Mm-hmm. So she has a great interview with this woman, Susan Mellon, who remained so positive during her 17 years of incarceration. You can't believe it. She she turned to God. She said she just kept believing that she would be free. She wrote freedom on the bottom of her sneakers anytime she got new shoes. She just tried to keep her head down and stay out of trouble. And she just believed all along that because she was free, she would be, because she was innocent, she would be set free. So it's a it's an uplifting interview from like just an unbelievably terrible story. Was, and, Lee, was she trying, did she find an appeal she or- had filed appeal after appeal that were just rejected and rejected and rejected uh-huh. and the judge uh-huh. said on friday the system failed her in every possible way you know every from starting with the police work to the attorney to the judge at the trial to the appeals process she just could not get a break until uh this lawyer deirdre o'connor came across her case and and I mean the she had three kids and a stepdaughter, and so um, her her mother was raising them for a while. But then the older daughters, who were like thirteen, fourteen years older than their siblings, they stepped in to raise her kids. So wow. now she has these four great kids and a grandchild. But it was just it's an unbelievable story. But I want you to go look at the interview because okay, she she's just super positive, and you just, you just think how could you survive that without like just anger and uh, bitterness in your heart and she does not have it so there you go and despair <laughs> wow Lee, yeah well i will i'll check okay i'm That's gonna good. put a link at satellitesisters.com you can find it to the katie kirk interview with her it's good it's really good and with the lawyer who's just oh. you know the lawyer's bitter and angry <laughs> you know but she said the reason she she knew that they could win this case was because susan had this incredible attitude that, and, then, and then she met her kids who had the same attitude. So she said, I knew we were in good hands. It's really a good interview. That's go. good, Leanne. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Now this is going to make this transition so hard. Okay. Because now I want to talk about something shallow. <laughs> well, it's okay. Tuesday. Okay. It's Tuesday. I think we had some very 
meaningful stuff we in did. the first half. Twenty six okay, minutes of meaningful stuff. Okay, yep. okay. Now we are we are moving on to the it makes me happy for all the wrong reasons <laughs> department. I have two great stories for you, Leah. The first one is from the New York Post. Um, I, I like to pick up the post when I'm uh, when I'm in New York because you know it's just it's so entertaining to read. And here's what's going on. Um, there's a situation now at Hermes. Now you know Hermes. Uh, we talk. We talked about snobby places. Yes, Paris. Yeah, it's the French. Uh, it is the French. Uh, uh, a store that sells very fancy scarves and pocketbooks and leather items, Hermes, okay? And among their fanciest item, Leanne, is something called a Birkin bag. Have you heard of these? These yes. are these, it's a pocketbook. Right. But it costs $20,000. Yes. Okay. A $20,000 pocketbook, okay? <laughs> And you have to like wait for years to get it. You can't just like walk into Hermes with your 20 grand and buy yourself a Birkin bag. You have to get on a list. You have to wait. So it is, it's just, you know, it's the height of something. I don't know. So anyway, the latest batch of these Birkin bags, there's been a problem with them. Oh no. Apparently this is, they have customers are coming back to the store and they're reporting that their new 20, 20 grand pocketbook, well, it smells like skunks, Leanne. The oh, no. Smells, they have a skunk smell to them, like oh, a very strong funny. skunk smell. Okay, so you're, you've got your bag, you're going to go out to, you know, some fancy restaurant and you smell like a skunk, okay? Because I guess they, as they make the leather for these uh, fancy bags, something happened in the curing process with the leather and it, it emits a terrible odor. So how about that? $20,000. That's fantastic. That is great. Are you happy, Leanne, for all the wrong reasons? (laughs) Thank you, Julie. You deserve that. You deserve to smell like a skunk if you spend 20 grand on a pocketbook. Okay. Uh, Story number one. Story number two, Leanne, okay, involves two people. Okay. Martha Stewart. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow. Have you seen have you seen the latest issue of the Martha Stewart magazine? It's the it's the November issue for Thanksgiving, which I happen to pick up, Leanne, because it's always a keeper. It's a good one. She always has his fantastic yeah. recipes. Yeah. And on the cover of the November issue, um, are, it's a picture of pies, all kinds of different pies. And when you turn to the article on the pies, the title of the article is Consciously Coupling. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Just a total mocking statement about Gwyneth Paltrow. You know, when she announced her separation, she said they were consciously uncoupling. Well, Martha Stewart, okay, she is going after Gwen. She is. She is. Why? Why? Oh, why? Why do you think? Lynn? Well, because she, you know, she mocked her originally for for pretending to be a lifestyle expert. Yes. That, you know, Gwyneth, she said Gwyneth turned to lifestyle because she's basically can't act. Is that how Martha said it? But she said it, she knows her acting career is in trouble. But the yeah. idea that she has some sort of, you know, expertise in all the lifestyle issues is a joke. So, yeah. and then and Gwyneth. Don't mess with, don't mess with Martha Stewart. Right. And, exactly. and, you know, again, that is to be expected from Martha. She had held her tongue as long as she could about goop. And now and she let it rip. And then Gwyneth responded basically by saying, I'm so happy that Martha noticed me that she thinks I'm a competitor, which of course made Martha go, really, you're not a competitor. I didn't. 
No, not no. even close. So no. this is this is just really is, quite a volley. This, I mean, when you start to deconstruct this, <laughs> yeah. here is probably yeah. one of the most painful things in a person's life. Yeah, uh, getting you know separating from the, your husband, the father of your children, and you're you know you both are high. You have high profiles, and you're trying to do it in a way that will you know protect or soften the blow for your kids and your rival. <laughs> <laughs> takes to her magazine yeah. in the biggest issue of the year, the Thanksgiving one, and takes you down and mocks your mocks your your language that you're using to soften the blow of your painful divorce to your kids. Ooh. Your rival who's been in prison. I mean, too. <laughs> she's a convicted <laughs> really, you know. Uh, has been through her own sort of sordid divorces. So yeah, again, just the hubris that is Martha Stewart. I mean, yeah. and can you imagine they must have been howling in the editorial meetings, yeah. just loving the whole thing. Yes. I, I'm definitely picking up the magazine yeah. now. Yes. And, and the pie recipes look, <laughs> look good too, Leanne. <laughs> so yes, everybody will be consciously coupling this Thanksgiving. Take again, taking the American holiday and just slamming Gwyneth. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't know. Do you think this will just, this will like shut Gwyneth up? Or do No, you think I think it's actually good for both of them. And, you know, you know, Martha, everything she does is about, am I still relevant? So this yes. for her is just kind of a PR thing. And, you know, for Gwyneth, who just hosted the president last week uh, here in Los Angeles, <laughs> creating. She did such a fine job with that, too. And Woo. so much, just a lot of haters because of the traffic. So that's in Los <laughs> Angeles. So, I mean, I have nothing against Gwyneth Paltrow. I really don't. Uh, she's trying to do what she can do. <laughs> so, um, but I think it's just kind of funny. I don't, you know. I think it's just kind of funny, this feud. I did laugh okay. that, you know, many of the Real Housewives are now going to prison themselves. I don't <laughs> I don't watch any of them, but it seems yeah. like either they are going to prison or their husbands are going to prison. Yeah, right. Um, right. And right. so the one that was just convicted uh, is going to be in the same prison as Martha Stewart. So oh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's good. good. Oh, that's good. And then on a side note, if you are Jennifer Lawrence, why are you dating Chris Martin? I don't understand that. And that I just, I think like, just take it at face value. You're like, like the most desirable 24 year old on the planet with a brain and a good career. Why would you date like a guy in the middle of a divorce with two kids? I don't know. What's the point of with that? With Gwyneth and Martha Yeah, Stewart. even if it doesn't matter who what the names are. I why would you do that? I don't you understand. You you had so much baggage with that relationship. I know. You don't even know. I yeah. know. Yeah. It just isn't there anyone, a race car driver, an astronaut? <laughs> isn't there anyone you could be dating that doesn't Some come prince? Some, that, somebody? Yeah. I, a writer? Go go find some nice writer in Brooklyn and and, and make his day. I just I don't understand. Uh, anyway. <laughs> all right. But as, as you can see, it does make us happy, doesn't yeah. it, Leanne, for all the wrong reasons. Mm, I mean, yeah. we shouldn't be celebrating, like, you know, a high-profile cat fight. But it's a good one, Leanne. Yeah. It is a good one because those two are, like, they're untouchable. Those are not, they're not real people in any way. So right. I don't right. – I don't <laughs> – it's, I don't even cons it's just so above the real life that it's fantastic. Okay. Well, Leon, it is Tuesday, so we're moving on to some trends. And uh this is a headline that caught my eye and I just I just want you to think about this, okay? The the headline is self-driving cars will change retirement. 
Okay, that's oh. right. The Google cars, you know, these, yeah. these the robo cars. Yeah. Okay, they're not for cool 20-year-olds. Okay, you know who's going to be driving those? Yeah. Imagine thousands, millions of 60, 70, and 80-year-olds. Oh. They're going to be in these self-driving cars. Okay, that you're going to go to Florida. It's all going to be self-driving cars. <laughs> Arizona. That's it. What's that place you have in California? Sun City? Sun City. Yeah. yeah. Self-driving cars. And and really, when you think about it, wouldn't we it would have been good for mom and dad to right. have a driving car? Because yeah. we would had like many families, you have that we had that really rough conversation that we we made our brother Dick give give to mom. Yeah, the closer. We, we had to send, yeah. we had to send in the closer to get the keys. Yep. <laughs> Where no more driving. Yeah. We had to take away the keys. And that's really rough. And that you know, for a lot of seniors, that's a rough time, you know, that their world just gets smaller, gets more difficult. And, you know, they, they get sad about not having that flexibility, but if they have a robo car, okay. And they're going to be testing, Google is going to be testing these robo cars in Mountain View, California, which is not really a retirement community. No. That's part of Silicon Valley. Unless you but, count the 20 something millionaires that have retired and live there. Yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> the retirees are like 27. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's, but the other place they're going to be testing this is in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is good. It's a university town. People do retire to university towns to be, you know, cause that's a good, that's a good place. Uh, you know, you have all the cultural and intellectual stimulation and now you're going to have your little robo cars. And they also think that they're going to sell these instead of selling them outright, there's going to be a monthly fee. Which is good. So you don't have to make a oh, yeah, lifetime commitment. Right. You don't have to make a lifetime commitment. I so, hope they're voice activated because let's face it, if it involves pressing any buttons, that's going to be problematic too. That is. I was thinking <laughs> uh, about the jitterbug phone. Yeah. That, that or just the control panel is just going to be one giant control panel with only like one option. <laughs> it's just like option one, like grocery store, doctor, home. You know, those will be the three like country club, you know, those will be the three places you can go. Just like the jitterbug. It just had the pre-programmed numbers. That's what they're going to need. But I think it's good, Leanne. I think this with that, I think this is, that is a wonderful trend. I look forward to, I'm watching that now. I'm definitely in favor of these robo cars and I, I hope that goes, works well. Yeah. Okay. I'd still rather get a golf cart, but, um, but they're not, I mean, in the winter, in the winter, right. They're not winterized. They're not really that good. (laughs) Maybe in Pasadena, you can get away with the golf cart, but you're there. That's still not right. Cause then they're still behind steering and braking. There are, that's what you got. Right. Good point. Even if they're only going 10 miles an hour, they can get in trouble, you know? Okay. So. Okay, we we want to, no more steering, no more braking. Just get in the little robocar. Okay, Leanne, other big trend, and I want your opinion about this: men and beards. Okay, there uh, saw a story in the New York Post about how facial scruff is now being accepted in the workplace, and many people going for jobs are showing up with some kind of you know mustache, beard, goatee combination. So. Do you think this is a good trend, good idea? What, what's your take? You know, I think it depends on your job. It seems to me, and I guess it shouldn't, but um, I'm not a huge fan of facial hair, but, you know, some guys look fine in it. It is their thing. They're expressing themselves just like wearing a purple shirt is expressing yourself or whatever you want to do. So I think if it's like neatly trimmed and not sort of too showy your beard, I, I'm totally fine with that. 
Um, that being said, I don't prefer men with facial hair. It's not mm-hmm. a thing for me. Uh, we, my husband and I were just talking about beards the other day because he said he's never grown a beard. So why, uh, why is that? He just doesn't. He just, yeah, he just would never grow a beard. And then my 19-year-old son is desperately trying to grow a beard. But he... <laughs> He has no. He is. He's not oh. a hairy guy. He's not. Yeah. He in, inherited like my lack of body hair. Like, yeah. you know, he's not hairy. So yeah. he he tried. Like he went away for three days. He's like one hair on his chin. I mean, whereas he has other friends that literally have to shave twice a day. So, yeah. Yeah. um, so I think it's a trend that will not be stopped. It's like the ponytail in the early '90s. Remember that? I worked in a creative business where a lot of yeah. men had ponytails, and you know, it, it flamed out pretty quickly. Yeah. So, oh, see, I don't trust men with facial hair. I always oh. think they're sort of hiding something, oh, you know, that's, I that's, that. I, I'm a little suspicious of that, but, uh, and it's not a preference, but I don't, I don't mind, mind it. I mean, you know, I don't think if I was in a hiring position that it would be a make or break situation for me. I, I suppose it's, it would be more acceptable in certain types of careers, more on the creative side right. or, you know, you know, in a university setting, my goodness, there are plenty of beards. Um, but, uh, but you know, maybe it will be just a trend that you know this. You know, men will go through this. Those giant things that's going on on the baseball field. Yeah, that I can't stand. What I, it, is that? I mean, I guess that's manly man, but uh, I don't. I don't get. I don't. Yeah, I think it just so. makes them look unathletic. I think it just makes them look not as fast. A lot of hair everywhere. Just that's not doesn't look like athletic to me. But. That's just me. They apparently did not ask for our opinion. No. Okay. So that's two thumbs down on facial hair. There you go. All right, Julie, I have one, uh, one bit of trend news. Um, I went to the Rose Bowl flea market this weekend. It is called the world famous Rose Bowl flea market because it is kind of world famous. It's one of those things you see in design magazines all the time. It's huge acres and acres of vendors from really high end furniture to, you know, just masses and masses of blue jeans that they sell to Japanese buyers that ship them home. Literally, they're all tied up in ropes and they just buy them by the pound, the blue jeans and uh, you know, you can buy new stuff, weird flashlights and things like that to just really just people with booths full of crap. So it's just <laughs> quite. And you, you, you have some of that, Leanne, that oh, yeah. you and your husband for many years was sort of pre-children. You would go most weekends yeah. to the flea market and come home with some treasures, something, right? Something. It's once a month here. Once a month. Oh, okay. Once a yeah. month. You come and, home with treasures. Uh, yeah. Once a month. And um, you have to pay to get in and it can take all day. And because it's Los Angeles, you definitely always see a few um, stars there. You see a few soap opera people. People do arrive via limo and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's quite a people watching operation, too. So, um so anyway, I was just wandering around. It was so hot this weekend. We got, we got kind of a late start because of the Sunday show. Usually we like to go first thing in the morning. But I have some trends I've spotted. Okay. Ooh, okay. You can really tell about home decorating trends because it's hundreds and hundreds of booths. And you see the same things repeated. You're like, oh, that must be a hot trend. Okay. I'm here to tell you what is in. Okay. Elephants are in. Elef- oh, I- elephants are in. So I know Chelsea Clinton has an elephant um, nursery because she's doing Save the Elephants with the (laughs) Clinton Global Initiative, but it's Mm -hmm. beyond Chelsea Clinton's nursery. Elephants on many, many, many booths. 
Oh, you I'm know. glad to. I have elephants from Thailand land. You know, put I, them I, out, Julie. You're in. Yeah. That okay. Was, yeah. All right. Put them out. out of storage. I'm taking out some elephants. Yeah. Very trendy. I, okay. Yeah. Owls still in. Owls <laughs> were big last year as a decorative motif. They appear to still be big because there were quite a few owls for sale, very of all kinds, at the flea market. You know what that is, Leon? I, I see. I saw this in Brooklyn as well. It is a gender neutral friendly um animal that you're that is very popular for nurseries owls. oh <laughs> you didn't know this but no. yes the owls are very very big you'll see a lot of prints for baby clothes for bedding for you know for accessories for wall hangings for various things the owl is in yeah that's what um parents like to decorate nurseries with Hip okay. parents. Yeah. Okay. okay. The other thing that's big are those clusters of glass grapes. Are you familiar oh. with those? It look yes. like they're from the 50s and the 60s. Yeah. yeah. I saw yeah. dozens and dozens of booths with at least one or two like big things of glass grapes. So if you have those somewhere in your garage, dust them off, put them out on your mantle. You're going to be really hip this year. I, I think you could use them for Thanksgiving, Liam. I have to step up your, uh, your yard sale somewhere in America. Those are what are hot. Or if you have a lot of glass grapes, just go ahead and send them to our P.O. box. Liz can resell them. No, don't send them. Please don't send them to Liz. Please don't send them. No, really. No, that's a bad idea. They'll just end up in the back of her car. Please don't. Yeah. Broken. Broken. (laughs) Health hazard. So, Leanne, I have to say, for people who haven't been, please join our Facebook group. Yeah. And you can do that because there's some fabulous pictures of you from your uh, Friday night or Saturday night soiree where you were the auctioneer. Your hair looked fabulous. He did a great job. Joseph is sort of the, um, I've never had my hair touched by the magic hands of Joseph before, but he is sort of the, um, uh, the, he's the top of the food chain in terms of Pasadena hairdressers. And so he donated his services to three or four of us that were working on the auction, which was very, very nice. It's nice to get hair and makeup. So, uh, and yes, so he did a great job. And of course, he said you have a great head of hair, which I know they always say. But um, well, you really do, Lynn. You got you among the sisters. I, I do have a good head. You, of hair. you got a very good head of hair. Yes. So, um, so yeah, he did. I, had, I hadn't actually seen the back, so when I saw the photos, I was like, oh, it really did look good from the back. Like, I don't think you should try that at home. Though. No, I don't think you're no. going to be able to achieve that. No. So just save that picture. That's what you want to do. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. There's always a Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Sat Sisters. I'm also at Leanne Dolan or at SS Liz. Liz always has some funny stuff on her Twitter. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't follow Liz, definitely follow Liz because she has a lot of work stuff there. You can see her in action at work, uh, and that's fun. And um, what are you doing this week, Julie? Anything? You going driving any? No, I, I, I'm going to walk a lot this week, Lee, because I've been in the car for like, I don't know. So that's, that's my big plan. I, I have some walking I'm going to do. So, uh, as you can see, I haven't really formulated my plans. I can see that. I yeah, can see. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend's birthday and then, uh, Colin takes the PSATs tomorrow. Okay. So, and then, um, I don't know what I have. Oh, oh, I'm doing another speech on Saturday. Yep. So. Okay. 
I gotta work on that. I gotta work on. I'm a very busy October and November. All of a sudden, it got very busy. So, which is good. Good to be busy. Anyway, that is our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, don't forget, we are still um, offering up the Audible special. So you can go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters, audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. If you want a free download to try out Audible uh, for a month, that's the way to do it. Get a free download. See if you like those books. And uh, don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>